0: Jesus, if we ever needed him, we need him now. The Bible said that we call on his name, we shall be saved, delivered. I look for deliverance in that name today. It is a name above every name that every demon in hell, every cancer, devil, every spiritual problem, every physical problem, every financial problem, everything has to bow to the name of Jesus. and Today, we take authority over every spirit, every spirit that would rise itself up above the name and the power of Jesus Christ. Anything that would try to challenge it. The word that I speak today, oh God, may it be life to your people. Oh God, minister to the hearts of your children. I can hear it crying out through our brother Johnny's prayer. Lord, minister to us. Speak a word. A word to a word be a word in due season. Lord, that would meet the challenge of the hour that give us strength in this time of trouble. Lord, we were told of a rapture in this day. And your prophet pointed it to us in Psalms 27 as it happening in a time of trouble. We're here in a time of trouble. Squeeze on every hand, Lord. Pressure like we've never seen before coming in this dark hour. But Father, you have commissioned us to stand. And we will take our stand upon the promise of God. But we'll do more than stand. We will advance against the enemy. We will hold our ground, yes but we'll take new ground. We will progress. We will take another step higher. We'll climb another realm higher. We'll move into dimensions that have never been known before by man until this day and hour when you've called a bride to transcend dimensions. I pray, oh God, today that you'd anoint us. Anoint us from on high. Lord, I pray that every word today would be just charged by the Holy Spirit. Lord, that it be like an arrow to his mark that divides sin, unbelief, every critical spirit, every demon that's standing there to try to t- take our words and twist them. May, oh God, every spirit be subdued by the power of God today. Anoint us now, we ask. Use us for your glory. We give ourselves to you to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, right now, I just speak a blessing over your people. Those that are sick and needy, those that are listening in, those that are in homes somewhere, maybe a little house, and they can't assemble together with us, they would love to be here in the presence of, of believers, but maybe the old age and sickness or whatever else has taken over, they're not able to be here. I pray that you'll go to them, that you will travel on these words, these songs that have been sung. Lord, I pray that it'll just quicken in their hearts of faith to believe in that which this man thinks impossible and see the possibility, that they can see the possibility, yes, I can be healed. Yes, I can be delivered. Those with mental conditions, troubles, may they realize, Lord, nothing's too hard for God. We are being challenged to believe in this day for things that is way beyond the mind of man. We can't even think it. Lord, it's above that which we're able to think or ask. But you said you would do exceeding abundantly above that which we could ask. So I'm asking in the name of Jesus for the exceeding abundantly above that which we could even wrap our minds around as you'll do the impossible today. Lord, may your children walk out into a realm of faith, of believing with all their hearts. Challenge the enemy not just challenge but take his head off this day may they declare that today they will see giants fall that the name of jesus will prevail because we will not let any uncircumcised philistine challenge the armies of the living god and speak evil of the name of jesus christ but lord we will hold it high we will advance we will pursue we will conquer and we shall overcome bless your people in your presence today and anoint us lord with a mighty anointing we ask in jesus name amen amen god bless you amen thank you thank you for the wonderful songs and the music this morning turn with me to hebrews 11:11 11, 11. i think we had a little bit of a light and strike that's knocked out some of our, our displays today and maybe affecting some of the lighting, things that's been on some of the cameras and so on. So bear with us. Amen. The devil strikes, we strike back. Amen. We are contending for rapturing faith. That's what I want to speak on this morning, contending for rapture and faith. So well, you spoke on it the other day, yeah, but I just kind of brushed across the subject, so we'll try again. Amen. What if you don't get to it all today? I'll try again. Yes. Amen. So today we will just look into the Word of God. Hebrews 11, 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful, who had promised. And let's turn to Jude chapter 1, verse 3. And we have just read of Sarah's faith restored. And this restored faith brought about the wind, by the winds of change would restore her body and, and her place in the covenant. It happened by a divine visitation. I believe we're living in a day where God has. Supernaturally and divinely visited this generation. But I don't think the visitation is over. I believe he's here walking among us. As the church ages would say, he walks through the midst of the ages. And we're here we are come now to the end of the ages. And I want to declare he's still among us today. Amen. Jude chapter 1, verse 3 Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We're contending for the faith. Now, don't think for a moment I'm just an old man that's lost his wife and so I'm lashing out. That's not it at all. I'm here contending for the faith once delivered to the saints. And as we speak about that, I want you to understand we were commissioned by God, by the Word of God, to do this. In fact, the elders whom God made overseers, um, Paul said in Titus, he said that he must be devoted to the trustworthy message we teach and then he can use these accurate teachings to encourage people and correct those who oppose the word. Amen, I didn't realize we still had one screen. So Second Timothy 4 and 2, preach the word. Be prepared or be instant in season and out of season correct and rebuke and courage with great patience and careful instructions. And then Philippians 1 and 16 says, the, he said, I am put here in defense of the gospel. And I think that's where every man of God is. He's been placed in this time and this age in defense of the gospel. And then again, as um, Ephesians says in Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful work of darkness, but instead expose them. Amen. So it is our job to expose the works of darkness, to be in defense of the gospel, to be prepared whether it's in season or out of season, to correct, to rebuke, to encourage, and, uh, and of course to do that with patience and and great uh, careful instruction, and to correct those that oppose the word and encourage the people with accurate teachings. So that's our goal. That's our purpose. And I think uh, we were not only commissioned in the scripture, but also this year at spring camp, we had some very phenomenal things that took place. We had a wonderful prayer line and uh, which we have been instructed to do by the message of the hour, set example after example, amen. And the Great Commission told us to 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 lay hands on the sick and to cast out devils. And we've seen the Holy Spirit do its work. And, and I, But however, at the end of the services, when the ministers were back in, in the very back room there and the Holy Spirit was still working and, and uh, the Holy Spirit fell upon Brother Donnie Reagan and, um, and he prophesied the spoken tongues and then the interpretation came, so that's prophecy. And it said, I have waited for this time for so long to show my majesty. Preach the gospel. I will be with you, my sons. That's the consolation I have. <laughs> be not afraid of devils. Go back and be charged in the spirit. This is the time you have been longing for. And then uh, that brought me back in my thinking to something very similar happening after we had a tremendous climax. And if you never li- l- listen to it, go back on September the 4th in 2020, uh, t- 2022, when um, Brother Donnie ministered, at Brother Ron Spencer's at the Labor Day meetings, and and um, there after the service was over, and and we, you know, Brother Brother Ron and I went back to the back with Brother Donnie, and and we were there together, and the Holy Spirit was just still moving there at Full Gospel Lighthouse Tabernacle, and, and these words again came as tongues came forth, and then interpretations, Brother Donnie was moved of the spirit of God to prophesy. And he said, my sons, this is the voice of the Lord. I've seen you in great battles, unclog the waters. Don't hold back, my sons. Preach the word. Speak from thy hearts as to what the Lord wants to bring deliverance to my people. one day I will beckon you to get in my chariot and ride with me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. You know, David contended for the faith. He declared his allegiance to God saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then to the Philistine he said, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and will take he- thine head from thee, and I will give thy carcasses, thy, uh, the carcasses of the host of the armies of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. But you know, when David became king, he had to protect the throne from the, those of even his own people who wanted to overthrow him. And David's prayer, asking God to fight or contend for him, went like this. Maybe you can put this up, see if it'll come, uh, Psalms 35 and 1. It said, plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me or that fight against me. And fight against them that fight against me. And take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine mine help. Draw out also the spear and and stop the way against them that persecute me. And say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. And let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as a chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Amen. Let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Maybe you ought to take that and just pin it as a prayer. Put it there wherever day you pray this prayer and just realize that you've got a God on your side that you're not in this battle alone and neither are we contending alone. And even as we need God to contend for us, we also better be contending. Be contending for rapture and faith, especially in this hour. Now the question is, is how will rapture and faith come? It will come from faith growing from a mustard seed faith to a perfect faith from, you know, from um, it'll come by a baptism after baptism of the Holy Ghost. And no doubt, but Enoch, for example, in his walk with God, his faith grew from mustard seed faith unto translating faith. The very first rapture in the Bible was Enoch. He was the seventh from Adam, and we are the seventh age from the second Adam. But it was his faith, that translated him. I want to go back again and say it again. His faith translated him. So it's going to take faith in this hour to translate you. If you look with me in Hebrews eleven five, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death but was not, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. May we have that same kind of testimony, that we're not man-pleasers, that we're not trying to fit in with the world, but we have a testimony that we please God. Amen, that we are people that, as he said in Genesis 5, 24, it gives us the secret of his faith that said Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So he was a walk from glory unto glory. Now I'm trying to get something to you this morning that wherever you are in your Christian experience, you have gotta take new ground. You've been holding what you've holding and that's great. Hold the line, stand your ground, do all of that. Yes, but it's time to take more than what you have received. It is time that you advance further in God than what you have experienced. And I'm putting you, every one of you on notice, you need to rise higher from those who consider the most spiritual and elders among us to the one who has just started the race. It is time to advance. You see, it is always from glory unto glory. And what place that you've been, if you just accepted Christ as your savior, that's a glorious place. But don't be content to stand there. That will only get you at the white throne judgment. Are you with me? It'll only get you into the great tribulation. But let me tell you, if you wanna go further, you gotta be sanctified. And if you've been sanctified and God's cleansed you, don't be there just to stay there, but advance, move forward. Amen. If you receive the Holy Ghost, then, amen, rejoice in it. And I'm glad that you have. And it's an experience that you must have. It's a token in your hand. And yes, you're going into rapture, but I'll tell you, it is promised that what is going to be for rapture and faith in this hour is another refilling of the Holy Ghost. So begin to look for it. Begin to expect it. Begin to pray for it begin to agonize with God for it. Because whatever, you don't want to be left here. Now, you see, from glory to glory, the Bible said. You see, this is different from the Old Testament, who when Moses approached God, when he walked in the presence of God, he had to veil his face. And Paul said this is different. He says that in this covenant, that it is a different, it's a different way of, of glory. He said it was glorious there. But he said this is even more glorious. So he says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we with open face or with an unveiled face, Beholding as in a glass or in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are changed in the same image that he's speaking about, Christ's image, from glory unto glory. So you're actually changed into the, the Lord's image from glory unto glory, even as by the glory that comes from the spirit of the Lord. So you see, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all then can become a mirror. And there, are like mirrors, we can brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. and we are transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this is a glorious transformation comes by another experience with the Holy Ghost. In it walk with God. And it progressed from glory to glory. And I want you to say, I want to say to you brothers and sisters this morning, it's time you make some footprints. Amen. Amen. We cannot stay where we're at like Israel coming into the promised land. You know, you can't camp at the same place every night. you got to move forward. The pillar of fire is moving on. Let's move from glory to glory from one Bible experience to another Bible experience. Amen, we, we've got the prophet of God, we've got the word of God, we've got the angel of God, he's the one leading this church. And just exactly like he led them in the, in the days gone by, the angel of the Lord is here personally to see that we make it all the way to the rapture. Amen, so his pillar of fire is with us. Of course, that same unbelief is here that Brother Bradham dealt with. People don't believe in angels. If you, tell them, if, you, if you tell them that the other day at youth camp, a brand new convert sat in the service and watched two angels on each side of Brother Ron as he ministered, holding him up. Well, that would be too much for Mr. Skeptic and Mr. Doubter. But regardless of what you think, it was a supernatural for a man that's supposed to have been dead three years ago with cancer in his brain and in his lungs to be able there to stand and preach for almost several hours, amen, and then stand and minister to people for after midnight. Praying for the sick and God bringing deliverance. Brother Ron lasted until he was the last one to be prayed for, and then he fell out. As we prayed for him, he just collapsed in the presence of the Lord. So it had never happened to him before. Never happened. Well, Brother Tim, we in the message, we, we believe that's just demons. No, no. We, 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 we don't believe in being slain in the Spirit. Well, I don't know who we are, but it ain't us. Amen. You know, it used to be that way when the Holy Ghost moved upon the Methodists. It used to be that way in Brother Bannon's meeting when he when he met when he met Doctor Morris Reedhead and and. Uh, and, and there he was talking to him because all he had was walls plastered with degrees and all he knew was theology. And, and he said, Mr. Branham, could I receive the Holy Ghost right here? He said, you meet it on God's conditions. He said, I, I don't care what it is. I want to know Christ. And he said, there I laid hands on him and prayed there in the room and he fell under the power of God and a little coffee table there and broke the glass out of it and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm sure that was flesh. Well, I don't know. Probably flesh did hit the glass. But there was a power of God that hit him that made the flesh hit the glass. I think of Brother Brandon's prayer in Long Beach, California when he he prayed. We pray, Father, that you'll anoint your ministers everywhere, anoint your missionaries wherever they are, your servants that's praying for the sick, God, may they be so anointed that great signs and wonders will be done everywhere in every man of the church and every phase of Christianity. Lord, may there come a time that God will pour out His Spirit in such a way that the critics Will be backed off and the church of the living God will be gathered together like a hen gathering her over her brood. Granted, Father, and he continues praying. May in May when they gather for Sunday school class, may great signs and wonders be accompanied. Listen to his prayer. May the Holy Spirit fall in the building. A revival start. Slain under the power of God, laying across the floors everywhere, just be an example around town that God can do when God, when his people come together and the assemblies pray themselves pray well it didn 't happen in brother Branham 's prayer lines, well, yeah, in question answers he was said, Brother Branham, I went through the prayer line, and anointed hands was laid on me for my prayer was made for my un- unsaved husband and I was slain by the power of God is this a definite sign that he'll be saved Brother Bracken said I don't know if it's a sign that he'll be saved but it is a sign you were being blessed by the Holy Spirit Amen I'll take a blessing from God anytime Amen I don't have to have it wrapped up in such a way that that it uh, matches somebody else's theology Amen I'll just let the Holy Spirit have his way Amen. So you see, uh, so, so see uh, again, he didn't rebuke it, but he said, that was something extra God gave to you. It was a sign the Holy Spirit is hearing you. He knows you. He's with you. And the Holy Spirit has given you a blessing. Amen. Amen. I'll take any blessing from God. Amen. Amen. Well, it's in the Bible. When Paul met the pillar of fire, the Bible said that he fell to the ground. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It happened when John saw him, he fell at his feet as dead. Amen. It happened when Ezekiel saw him, the appearance was like the lightning, likeness of the glory of God. And he said, I saw it and I fell on my face and I heard the voice of one speaking. Sometimes we just need to get quiet enough that God can speak. Amen. And it's moments like that that God speaks. So, the word of the Lord is before us. The prophet of God is here. I'm not talking about Brother Branham, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. That's, I'm actually quoting something. He said, The word of the Lord of God is before us. The prophet of God is the Holy Spirit. The angel of God is leading the church and we're moving in the pillar of fire in the glory of God, sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, now we are the sons and daughters of God, and the great revelation of the word of the Holy Spirit sinks into the heart and bringing forth trees of salvation, righteous living, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, patience. Brother, we can have healings. We can have miracles. We can have revival. We can have the blessings. Why? God said so. We can have a true Pentecost. We can have a real revival. God said so, and God keeps his promise. But you know, it's in atmospheres like this that miracles happen, that faith rises to the level of his promise. In an atmosphere of unbelief and skepticism and criticism, it could never, you you know, The Holy Spirit could never move. Remember, God didn't send the angel of God to to the Baptists or the Methodists or the Presbyterian and those that were dead, dead, dead. He sent it to the Pentecostals who knew how to create an atmosphere where faith could rise, where people were believing. Amen, where worship was given to the Almighty. That's why we believe in worship in spirit and in truth. Amen, so it's like a seed that starts out with the glory of perfection, a perfect seed, That, that it, but it, then it's planted, but in its process, it returns back to its original glory. And when it's planted, it comes up as a little sprout, and then it grows on to a greater glory of the stalk, the tassel, the shuck, and then back to the original glory of the, of the seed. Brother Bradham tells us the church has done the same thing. He said, it's come through Luther, Wesley, back to the original grain, back to its original glory, back to the glory it was at the beginning. And now it is ripe to bring him back exactly like it was at the beginning. His same ministry, the same Jesus, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, it's the same one that came down on the day of Pentecost, is the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today from glory unto glory to glory and again and back. To his original seed with the same, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the same signs, same wonders, same baptism, same kind of people acting the same way, with the same power, the same sensation. It's from glory to glory, and the next will be changed from this glory to a body like his own glorious body, where we shall see him. So here we are looking at this and realizing, then we must go from faith to faith. So wherever you are in your faith walk today, you must progress. You must move forward. There's another glory beyond the glory you have experienced. So that's why we have spoke already about advancing. Because I want you to understand We have not arrived. Sometimes we think because we got the theology and we have received the word, we have the original message, we have now arrived. You're not there. Amen, you're not there until this becomes translating faith and you're changed in a moment and a twinkling twinkling of an eye. There's a change still ahead from you. Come on, there's still a change ahead for you. Get ready for a change. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Timothy was preaching Wednesday night about suddenly and immediately. Showing you there that immediately things can change suddenly things can change. I talked to a a man this this past week, you know, where I sat down with him. He's been away from God for for 20-something years and been out in the world, done all kinds of things and and had no intentions, no intentions of coming back to God. No intentions. But there when God, when when it's God's time, suddenly things begin to happen. And he said, I, I, I didn't even have it on my mind. And he said, I walked into my office and, and got away from my men, and where I was a leader of it. And he said, I got away and there by myself, and I just sat down for a moment, and, and it, I heard the voice of God say, it's time to come home, son.
1: Yeah. He knows
0: where to find your children. He knows where to find your loved ones. He knows where to find every seed. Amen, and in a moment,
1: in a moment,
0: everything can change. Look, and I'm gonna get to it for a moment. Brother Brandon said, watch for that sudden change. I'll tell you what, you can have a change in this service today. It could be that change which is a down payment on your next change. An installment plan on your next change. Brother Branham said in the message influence, most of these I'm gonna be reading is after the seals. Maybe I'll just tell you when I don't. But notice, he said if we could only realize that the Holy Ghost is upon us, creating in us a faith, trying to present himself in so many ways and gifts. To create a faith for a rapture church, it should put us into action but wonder if we're just doing it the way he wanted to be with reverence and humility. The pillar of fire in this last day ought to put the whole church into action. it being vindicated signs of his coming. Hallelujah. Rapture and grace. Brother Branham preached a whole sermon on countdown. He used this many, many times after he preached it in 62. One I'm going to read from is After the Seals. But in here, he, he preached a sermon of countdown and where he was showing, again, progression. And, he, and um, that mankind is made from horse and buggy power to the automobile power to airplane and, and now the astronaut age. And it's because of man's crave for knowledge and so should the church have a craving for knowing God in reality. In the message countdown, he said, I pray that you'll give them such a crave for it, Lord, and that they'll come and see we're at the end time, the astronaut age. I pray, Father, that they'll realize it it isn't trying to condemn what they've had. It's only trying to give them more. Hello, that's what we're here this morning. We're not trying to condemn what you got. We're trying to say there's more for you. Amen, that ought to thrill, it thrills my heart. It ought to thrill anybody's heart to realize there's more for me than what I've known and what I've experienced, what I've seen. Brother Branham would tell us we're only on the, getting the surface of it. We hadn't even reached the depths of it. And he says, it's only trying to give them more rapture and grace. For an hour will come when we will have to have rapture power. Not only to heal the body, but to change it in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Whoa. Amen. An hour will come when we'll have to have rapture power. See, it's not condemning us, but we're going to have to have more faith. There's going to have to be something more. You say, how how is it that we're going to receive more faith? Brother Branham said it's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So now look at it. He said, listen, I'm going to read it again. Try to get it where you get the whole thought. It's only trying to give them more rapture and grace for the hour will come when we'll have to have rapture power not only to heal the sick. We'll have that. But not just that, but to change it in a moment in a twinkle of eye, Christ will be so real in their bodies till he can change it. By his great death, what he purchased. May they this day take that token, hold it before them and walk into this astronaut. In other words, walk into the Holy Ghost Where visions and powers and worlds beyond known, and and oh God, where the great mysteries of God is unfolded in those seven seals are made and made known to man. So I'm just gonna say, in this realm, there are voices. Notice what he says: visions and powers and worlds beyond. Known, oh God, where great mysteries of God is unfolded in those seven seals and made known to man. We, we, by God's grace, understand those truths. Amen. But there's more in there. And I'm going to show you today. I want you to understand. There's more in there than theology or new doctrines or even restored truths. So, well, what else could there be? That's all of it, Brother Tim. Well, let's look. Why Christ speak? Again, Brother Brandon said, we've lived the time out. We know that. You can look at the signs everywhere, the Sodom Age, they, the evil that's coming. We spoke about that last Sunday. We've lived the time out, and at the time, at the time of the rapture is at hand. And we're looking for a rapture in faith that can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that can change these bodies that we can live in. When we see a God that can raise the dead off the floor out of the yard and bring him back to life again and present him before us, when we can see a God who can take a cancer that's eat a man to his shadow and raise him up a strong, healthy man, that ought to give rapturing faith to the people. That when the light flashes from the sky, the trumpet sounds, the body of Christ will be quickly gathered together and changed in a moment and taken to heaven. So, there's, so yes, there's got to be something like that happen. And our schools of theology can never produce that. Yet intellectually, they're all right. But you've got to meet that light. So it's body changing strength we need. That's what we need today, a faith for the rapture. Now, in order for Sarah to conceive strength for the promised son, she had to have faith. God had to change her from that old, unbelieving, doubting woman who was looking at the impossibilities to begin to see all things are possible. Amen. In order for her to conceive, she had to have faith, and we have We have to have been challenged to believe that Christ is here among us, right now, revealing himself, but where is he revealing himself? What form is he revealing himself? Not in a prophet anymore. Come on. The days of the voice of the seventh angel has sounded his message. The message has been sounded. There's no more messages coming out of Jeffersonville or Tucson, no new revelations being given. Yes. Amen, God used that voice. Yes. Amen, God spoke through that voice. Yes. It was the voice of God to us. Yes. Amen, God used that. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes. We agree, we know that is true. But let me tell you, that's not the form he's here in now. People want to put him in the past and say, well, you know, we'll bring it from the past and put it here and play. It's still in the past. It's something preached 40 years ago or 50 years ago or 60 years ago. And they're pretending it's real now, but it ain't. The message has come. The message was complete. The messenger finished his message. He said, well, he'll come back and preach some more. He said he wouldn't. He said, the only time I'll ever preach again is a, as ever, we'll ever preach is as a mortal. Well, we'll need, Brother Tim, when we see him, we'll need to, we'll, we'll, we'll need, there's a lot of things we don't know he'll have to explain to us. People who are in theophanies, theophanies who know all things, word bodies who know as they are known. And we're going to need teaching. The Bible said no one will say know the Lord. Said you all know him from the least to the greatest. Hello? Do you realize the dead in Christ, none of them will have to introduce themselves to you? Amen. You will immediately know. You know, Brother Branham stand there with hope there, you know, beyond the curtain of time. And, and when in, in the story, in, in the translation with him and, and Sharon Rose, and he, he she could say, I know what you're thinking. Because language is so much greater there than here. I already know what you're thinking. In word form. There Sharon Rose could tell him, but daddy, but daddy, we're in heaven and there's no babies in heaven. Oh, I didn't know that because he comes as a mortal, but she's in word form. But we've been challenged now to believe that Christ is now revealing himself in bride form. In the message of trial, he said, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of son of man in human flesh through the bride's body. So guess where he's revealing himself now? In a bride's body. Now, so where is this mighty angel today? The son of man, where is he? This is him, he's in bride form. He's anointing and empowering Sarah, giving her supernatural strength and crowning her with perfect faith for a perfect rapture. Now, Brother Bradham preached a sermon about perfect faith, about how our faith must become perfect. Not just say faith, but a perfect faith. For the crowning jewel of God's bride will be a people that believe him. And in perfect faith, he said, we become anointed with that same spirit, anointed messiahs, messiahs of the last day to shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ to show that he's not dead, but is in the form of the Holy Ghost. And he's here, he's in his people, moving among his bride with a love affair to her, pouring out into her. I want you to get this terminology. Pouring out into her himself. And they're becoming one for the wedding supper. And the same signs promised by the same God in the same word is making the same manifestations. And then he says, there's nothing left for us to do but just believe it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because anything God can lead your faith to believe, it's yours. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If he can just get you to believe him, Cause he cannot work beyond your unbelief. Come on somebody. He's gotta have a people believing in him. Unbelief don't hinder God, it hinders the unbelievers. So quit this disbelieving and start believing. Say to God, help out my unbelief. God appeared to Abraham, revealing to him the mysteries of the promised son, the burning of Sodom, the saving of Lot. As he says in Genesis 18, 70, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? So it's things that were hidden. And God said, I'm going to reveal to him the mysteries. Remember, before the body change, the mysteries are revealed. Before the promised son comes, the mysteries are revealed. Look in the type, look in the prophecy. Remember, a type is a prophecy, it is a foreshadowing of something to come. And then, not only once at the end time, he says, not when he starts, but when he begins to declare his message. And then he talks about the phases of his ministry, which we won't go in to explain. Uh, the first poll and the second pull are these are phases of his ministry that he's talking about. And he said the first poll was healing, and we know miraculous things were done. If you have never read it, I'd love to, I'd love to send you home with a copy of Brother Jorgensen's book of, of the supernatural, where you can see what God has done in this generation. Say well, brother Tim, you talk about this prophet and you talk about William Branham. There's a reason we talk about him, is because God s- set him apart from all the others in the whole world. Visited him with an angel, and no, we didn't write a new Bible like the Mormons we took the same Bible and vindicated it, where that God could show us now instead of all forty thousand interpretations of forty thousand different denominations so the first pull healing second pull prophesy and third pull the opening of the word so remember this is the phase we're in now the opening of the word where the word is coming made known revealed the mysteries revealed no more high, there's no more higher order to reveal the word than prophets we know that amos 3 7 Surely the Lord God will do nothing except he reveals the secrets to his servants, the prophets. And the only way a prophet can be vindicated is by the word. So signs alone don't vindicate him. If he's a true prophet, he has to have a message. Amen. So the word has to come to him if he's a prophet. And and then remember the third pull was the opening of them seven seals to reveal the hidden truth that's been sealed in the word. Ah. well, brother Tim, you got it, didn't you? I uh, got through your dumb head, didn't it, brother Tim? You got it. It's the word. You see, it's the word. That's all we need. Is the word we and we because we got the message, and that's all we need. But it's also to produce a rapture and a great power before the church is raptured. You see, the gospel doesn't come in word only. So if the gospel is going to be restored in this last day and we have the mysteries revealed, it can't come in just word only. So now the third pull is more, I want to get this, it is more than the opening of the word and revealing of the mysteries. Let me go back to Sarah and Abraham. You see the visitation of the son of man did more than open up the mysteries. The mysteries was, Sarah, you're going to receive a promised son. The Lord's coming. I'm trying to, trying to compare it. You know, Sarah, your body's going to be changed. Has to be to have this, Sarah. You know, Abraham, I'm, I'm going. It's going to be as it was in the days of Sodom, and I'm going to send messengers down there. And well, Lord, can you know? Then there's the intercession, you know, because we don't see nobody lost. That's true attitude of Abraham. He don't want nobody to be lost. He wants them all saved. That's the heart of God. The heart of God, he's not willing that any should perish. But all have everlasting life. So the heart of the bride has to be the same as the heart of the groom. You've got to have it in there. A desire to see souls saved. Now, so, so there, there again, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you the mystery. I'm going to show you the mystery of the change. I'm going to show you the mystery of the promise. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to unseal these things to you, Abraham. But I'm going to do more than that. You're actually going to be changed. The spirit of the Lord's going to come upon you. Because this is not going to be by man's might or power. This will not be now because Abraham is so full of life and vibrant, because his body is now dead. This will not be a product of man's ability. This will be a supernatural act of God. You see, Abraham could bring a child of denomination, Ishmael, by his own ability. But Isaac, the promised son, cannot be brought by man's ability. Somebody help me preach. It has to be a supernatural power of God in order to do it. So the third pull is more than the opening of the word. Well, we're in the third pull, the opening of the word. Brother Tim, this is now the mystery' revealed. This is where we're at. This is, this is the truth. And we, you know, this is, it's wonderful. But listen, there's more to the third pull or the third phase of this ministry in this last day than understanding the mysteries. In the indictment, may there come a revival of the just. Oh, I thought there was no revival. Well, he's praying for one. wonder if you can pray for one. May there come a revival of the just, the righteous. And a great power come among the church just before it's going. It's not hard to pray that because you promised it. And we're looking, Lord, for that third pull that we know will do great things for us in our midst. So we know now the third pull is more or the third face of the ministry of this last day ministry that we are in is more than just restoring mysteries. Amen. But it's a great power before the church, uh, among the church before it's going. It's a revival of the just. And it's not hard to pray for that because he promised it. Now, the word has come to empower us, not just to educate us. you You see, our commission is that when we believe the word, our commission is to cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen, that you'll make serpents powerless and the poison that Satan uses against you will be rendered powerless. And that's still the commission. And for the bride of Christ, there is a squeeze or pressure upon her trying to keep her from the supernatural. Because if all I give, if all you ever have is an intellectual revival, I can hold you powerless, defeated. Come on! If all our kids get is a head knowledge of this message. Amen, if all they get is a knowledge that God sent a prophet and he did mighty things in this day, we got a message and that message, if that's all they get, they'll live a defeated life. But I tell you, when the message becomes a reality in their heart and the power of God within them, it'll be an overcoming power that'll beat the devil any place, anywhere, anytime. So we're in a squeeze, and a lot of it can come right in our own midst, from right among our own brethren, sometimes right in the own church, squeezing you. Be careful not to say this. You'll hurt this, and don't do this. Shut up, devil. Amen. This is a squeeze a pressure trying to keep her from the supernatural. But I want you to hear the prophet say it. When that time comes, when the squeeze comes down, then what you've seen temporarily will be manifested in the fullness of his power. So he talks about what's been done before, temporary, this in his fullness. I don't know what your expectations are, but I'm trying to get you to see there's another level to walk on. You see, the move is on for the bride. And for the, before the bride leaves the earth, she must be the full manifestation of the full dynamics of the word, fulfilling Mark 11:23, 23, a perfect people standing under the blood speaking to their mountains. And she will also be the fulfillment and the embodiment of Mark 16, which has not yet been fulfilled. That's what I want to get in the hearts of you believers and those across the world. Mark 16 has not been fulfilled. We are still fulfilling it. So don't try to put that in the past. That is present tense word. In fact, Brother Bradham tells us, and I've been over it in Invisible Union, but for those of you that wasn't here in Invisible Union, he said the church in its present condition, the denominational system, cannot fulfill the Great Commission. He said it can only be done through an undenominational bride. And God restored the word in this day so the Great Commission can be fulfilled. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, we've been doing that. We've been giving them the message. We've been teaching the word. That's not what the Bible said. Preach. Amen. And preach is to demonstrate. Amen. Handing them a book is not it. That's the same denominational concept throughout the ages. And I'm not condemning it. My goodness, it's good to give somebody who don't have a Bible a Bible. They need it. Good to give somebody a book, a, a message from the prophet of God that hadn't had one. That's wonderful, but it ain't going to do him a bit of good without Jesus. And Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Well, we got him baptized, brother Tim. We'll get him filled. You've only driven the unclean spirits out, and you know, and that's why ten years later we have these attacks that comes and they explode like a terrorist planted among us. And then you have those that are supposed to be stalwart Christians back out in the world, or you know, walking out on God or sinning or doing something. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Because why? Because it never went far enough. To be filled with the Spirit. That's my goal for you. Be filled with the Spirit. So, while I've got it, Brother Tim, be filled with the Spirit. Ask God for another portion of Him. I'm not trying to condemn what you got, I'm trying to say, I to what you got. I'm not saying we hadn't taken land and we are not in the promise. I'm saying there's more than Jericho. The opening of the seven seals, it opens it up. There's more than that in the land. There's much to be conquered. Brother Donnie preached on Give Me This Mountain at youth camp. And Caleb, his great desire to have that place I think he saw something more than just a nice mountain that he could put his feet on or look up and say, well, I, I, I got this mountain. I run the giants off of it. What, where are the giants? Where are the giants? Where are the giants camped on in this promised land? They're camped on the Mount of Change. Is somebody with me? This, this is where they were, they, they what, what do you mean? Bring it down, Brother Tim, what, what about Caleb? What well, Caleb wanted this graveyard. He wanted Mount, he wanted Machpelah, the cave. He wanted where Job was buried, where Abraham was buried, where, where Sarah was buried. He wanted this, why did he want an old graveyard? Because Job had a revelation and his revelation was I know my redeemer lives and he'll stand on the earth one day and after my skin worms have destroyed this body I'm gonna come up again and in my flesh I'll see God and I'll behold him and not another, hallelujah, hallelujah, So Caleb wanted that place where the change would take place. He wanted that place where the Messiah would stand. That's what I want. I want that place. I want that atmosphere. I want that level of faith. I want that position where the dead in Christ appear to me. And I'm changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. This message is more than just in being about a better home than Egypt, better lands, and I can own my own little place, and I can raise a nice little family. It's more than good families. So, well, you know, Brother Tim, we got a wonderful church, and my goodness, every time I come up here, I think, oh God, thank you for this miracle. You gave us a miracle here on this forty acres every building we got us paid for we paid cash with it. We had miracle after miracle after miracles, even the laws in you know, Louisiana would change in order for have this building It's the truth, yes. amen things that happened things that happened were that you know one, one miracle yeah, you want to you, People want to think, well, God ain't with them. Listen, God's with us. Yeah. Amen, say where are his miracles? Just look around. Amen, yeah. hey, if you're so blind, I can go and point him out, but you ought to have enough understanding that this didn't happen by man. It was a supernatural event where I stood in a room one day, sat there by a dying man who hadn't eaten in three weeks. And the Holy Spirit came down and gave me a mandate to build this place. We are standing here where supernatural things happen. God did it. God decided he wanted us here. And I'll tell you what, there's not enough devils can split us and tear us apart and ruin us. Amen. Amen. We're going to go forward, with or without you. I'd rather with you, but if you're not going, don't hinder me. Amen. 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 So you see, this bride will be the fulfillment and embodiment of Mark 16. It's not been fulfilled. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and all the world demonstrating with signs and f- that follow the true believers. She'll also be the fulfillment of Revelation 10, eight through 11. Thou must prophesy again. Right. Revelation 10, one through seven was the mighty angel revealing the mysteries of God through the seventh angel, the last messenger of the age. But now, but the rest of it is our time. You see, is it not written in the prophecies and the types that Sarah, representing the bride, will at last fulfill the great commission and bring forth the promised son? Remember, there was a commission given I'm going to give you a son. Hagar, the denomination tried to do it, but was unable to. God rejected that. Come on, somebody. But he comes right back to his original promise to bring a message of restoration. And there with Sarah, he restores her back to being a young woman, but not just a young woman, but the problem, whatever it was, fixed. You see, you cannot meet God in these bodies. He well, God's going to change me back to an 18-year-old. I hope he don't change me just back to an 18-year-old. I had plenty of things that needed fixing. Lots of imperfections in my flesh and my spirit that needed fixing. But that's all of us. Not just me. You know, I've had my brother when I was just a boy before I was married... My older brother came to me one day and said, "You know, you know, you're not worthy to preach the gospel. You're not worthy to be in the priesthood because you have a blemish. You know, you have trouble with your f- problem with your feet, and you don't you don't walk the best. So you're disqualified." And I looked at him and I said you're disqualified too, because you're as as imperfect as I am. Amen, the only way we're perfected is through the blood of Jesus. Come on. Amen, but you might wanna say, well, Brother Tim, you got blemish, let me just tell you something, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. What you call a blemish, God is used for his glory. What you have tried to downcast and criticize and put me out and disqualify me, God has used it to use me to preach the gospel to all the world. Hallelujah So don't try it. I'm already used to the devil's tactics. What about Sarah? Is she still sulking in her tent, doubting whether these things are true? She's watched friends throw in the towel in unbelief, becoming pillars of salt, looking the wrong direction forever. Because they doubted the words of the divine visitor. Is it possible that like Sarah. That our faith has went to sleep in us. And needs to be awakened. Brother Branham told us it was. He actually spoke a couple of sermons. Or more on it. But I mean I'm talking about using the text. He would preach it multiple times. About awakening Jesus. And he said, Lord, we have not used his spirit and his faith so long till it merely goes to sleep as it was in our souls. Let us shake ourselves. Let us arouse ourselves and get our own sleepiness away from us that we can see he's still in the boat. Yeah. He has lived. He, hallelujah. He's right here in the church. His presence is right here in the church. Are you with me? His power is right here. Amen. But the son of man has revealed himself in mercy. But now he will reveal himself in judgment. Now we'll come to pass the day of vengeance of our God. Here Sarah receives the latter rain or the pouring out of God's spirit as faith for the rapture in order to bring forth the promised son. Now, the moment you even mention latter rain, people get all nervous and upset. You know why? Because the devil has had every kind of thing raise up claiming to be the latter rain. They claim Pentecost, Susan Street was the latter rain. It was not. They claimed Dowie's movement was the latter rain. It was not. They proclaimed the, the, uh, the movement up in Canada. Brother Branham talks about it a lot at Battleford. And where they had a revival, they thought that was the latter rain. It was not. The former and the latter rain falls together in the same season. So where the former rain comes, there's also the latter rain. Now, let's talk about it here. If Sarah receives the latter rain or the pouring out of God's spirit, as faith for the rapture in order to bring forth the promised son. Now, what a revelation this is because now we know, we understand that the latter reign of his spirit is for us and not for 1906. We absolutely believe that the Souza movement was not the mature grain, but it was the shuck. And we are in no way, hear me now, I want you to know here in this church across the land, we are in no way trying to bring a repeat of Azusa Pentecost. <laughs> Brother Bradham tells us in a future home, he said, and he shall restore the hearts of the children back to the fathers, bringing a restoration again of the Pentecostal genuine, not sensations, and will manifest the evening light, the same sun that showed in the morning as promised for the day. So there would be a restoration, but it would bring forth a restoration of the Pentecostal genuine. So the Pentecostal genuine has never come until this day. Understand, this is the day of Pentecost. If I could go over it again, just briefly, just to go with it, remember, There there were seven weeks between the Passover and and there on Mount Sinai where the law was given and where the Jews say that God married Israel because he went into covenant with them. Are you with me? Seven weeks. But that was not the real Pentecost. So they would have a Pentecostal feast. And that Pentecostal feast was, you know, even they said it every 50 years of Jubilee, every seven, seven years. Are you following me? And then they would have the feast of Pentecost, which would come seven weeks after the Passover. So they would have the Passover like they did in Israel or in Egypt. And they had the Passover and the Passover lamb, the death angel comes. And then seven weeks later, Pentecost on Mount Sinai. And then they would would have this in their feast to prophesy of again another time where Pentecost would come. And then finally now you have the day of Pentecost has fully come because there comes a real Passover lamb, which is Jesus Christ. And he is crucified at Calvary. And seven weeks later, here the Spirit of God is poured out on the day of Pentecost because of the Feast of Weeks, the seven weeks, coming into fruition and now into fullness. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, fully come, are you with me? But now we look back and we are back at Calvary 2000 years ago, there was a Passover lamb and we've come through seven church ages or seven weeks. And we're here now at the day of Pentecost and it's here in this day he pours out a spirit the final outpouring until it crescendos until our bodies are changed. Wave after wave after wave after wave of the Holy Ghost. Some of it does come in teaching, but it must come in power. So there again, uh, The Azusa Street uh, movement melted down into sensations, feelings and jumps and shouts. But we are promised more than sensation. But the person of Christ, revealing himself in the word with power and manifestations of the spirit. The Holy Ghost, Brother Brandon said, is not a sensation. It's not just a feeling. It's a person but he says sensations with it. The Holy Ghost, he says, is an experience, but he says it's not an experience without emotion. You know, we want to receive it in a Baptist way where we just believe the word and we're baptized and we got it. It's more than that, it's more than a Baptist teaching. Amen, it's the power of God into salvation. Listen to me, let's just go go into it a minute because it's the person of Christ revealing himself in the word with power and manifestations of the spirit. So the teaching reign of Brother Brandon's ministry has got to turn the hearts back to the faith. The faith wants to deliver the saints but even that is not the latter reign. and they must both happen in the same season. Amen. Now, notice it will be a teaching reign and the prophet's ministry was the teaching reign or we call it the former reign. Now, I'm going to prove this by the message. I'm not coming up with this on my own. I preached the message. You know, so it'll be a, teaching rain. Brother Bradman said, how could, speaking of the Azusa revival, he said, how could the Azusa revival be the latter rain and final quickening to the rapture when the teaching rain had not come? So he goes back to Azusa Street and he points at, how could they be the latter rain when the teaching rain hadn't come? And he said, the prophet messenger was to be sent to teach. Somebody say teach. teach. Teach the people and turn the hearts of the children back to the Pentecostal fathers had not yet come. Amen. So I want you to notice it. He calls the prophet's ministry of Malachi for a teaching reign. Now, the Azusa revival was not the latter reign. What was it, Brother Tim? Was it rain? Yes, it was showers of blessings, as was the Methodist revival. In the Methodist revival, men and women fainted or fell out under the power of God. And Brother Branham said it's too bad that they would, they would have buckets of water thrown on them or they would come through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So God poured out another portion of the Spirit upon Azusa Street. But it still wasn't the latter rain. So he says, How could the, the Azusa revival be the latter rain and final quickening of the rapture when the teaching rain had not come? The prophet messenger who was sent to teach the people and turn the hearts of the children back to the Pentecostal fathers had not yet come. So now remember, Brother Brandon's ministry was to come like John's. Amen. And as John the Baptist, forerun the second coming of Christ, your message will forerun or prepare the way for his second coming. And it will be the former or the teaching reign to prepare the people for his coming. And the seed of the word would be sown by this prophet messenger in this teaching reign in order to bring forth the bride coming of Christ so that there would be a people dressed in the Word and prepared to meet the groom coming from glory to glory. Now, you, I want to again read another quote from the church age book. Watch this carefully now to see it in the Word. John was the forerunner of Malachi 3. He planted the former rain and was rejected by the organizations of his day, Jesus came and had a Mount Transfiguration showdown. Hallelujah. The second forerunner of Christ will sow for the latter rain. Hello? The teaching that we have received is for the latter rain. The Word is the seed, and the seed planted was sown under the former rain by a forerunner. Hallelujah. He said, my mission, he said, I'm gonna say some personal things today. My mission, I'm gonna tell the world, is to, I believe, is to forerun the coming word, the coming word, which is Christ. And in him is the millennium, everything right there because he's the word. So everything is really right there. So this coming word, though, I want to get to you, would not be just a theology, but it would be Christ. In what form? Come on. I know you're looking for the meeting in the air. So am I. But before the meeting in the air, there has to be the coming of Christ in bright form. The word has to take on flesh. Hallelujah. And when, it, when it's manifested, it shows, because it's not the word until it's manifested, and when it's manifested, it shows its power. Amen. So this coming word would not be just theology, but would be Christ in bright form. When Brother Brandon preached Christ, the mystery of God revealed, what did he, was he trying to bring us? That as God revealed himself in Christ, Christ is now revealing himself in a bride. So the bride is the mystery of Christ, why he came, why he lived, all he did, the gospel that was brought died on Calvary. She is the mystery of Christ revealed. It's wedding time. And when a man chooses a a bride, come on, Amen, the mystery woman becomes revealed. She has been, listen, she has been his rib all his life. Amen. But when the time comes, hallelujah, it comes marriage age, the bride becomes revealed. And what is the wedding about the bride? Here comes who, the bride. Amen. Who is dressed? The bride. Who's walking down the aisle? The bride. Seven candlesticks are lit. Hallelujah. The wedding is on. Hallelujah. Amen. The wedding is on. Amen. Amen. We've got to be walking right down the aisle, taking our position by the groom. There's got to be somebody that he says, who will take this man? Me, Lord. Me, Lord. Who will take this Christ? Me, Lord. Me, I'm right here, I'll take him. Can you show any impediment against her? No. No, can't do it. There's nothing against her. She never did it in the first place. She's a pure, sinless, Burgers, bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The coming word is not another message coming forth. The coming word is a perfect, sinless bride without spot or wrinkle. She will be Christ in bride form. He says that the end times prophecies repeat. That's why we go to Sarah, Abraham, all these other prophecies in the Bible Because they're repeating. It said, as the first forerunner came from the wilderness and cried, behold, the Lamb of God. The second forerunner will probably do the same by pointing the people to a word born bride. So there has to be a lamb on the earth to match the lamb coming from heaven. And the prophet was pointing out, Christ is coming, but he's coming first in bride form. (laughs) So he's got to be revealed in your flesh and my flesh. That's what we're trying to do. We want you to have the Holy Ghost so he's revealed in you. Amen? Because that's what the new birth is. It's the revelation of Christ personally to you. Now, in my opinion, in my opinion, we've had nearly 60 years of teaching. There's been resting between revivals, given testimonies of great things of Jesus' ministries, Other types lay in the Bible too, like Sarah and Abraham receiving the revelation, teaching from the angel, the son of man, of Sodom's judgment and its burning, and Sarah's promise of restoration, the mysteries of the promised son, the mystery of Lot and his salvation. All of this, all this comes. But there is a promise that lays there in the prophecy. When when he appears to Sarah, he said, I will return to you according to the time of life. And it's this return I'm preaching about this morning. Amen. And and there, there is a promise like that. There's a promise of like, of like Samson and a new growth of hair and a return of power. And we've had a word revival, and I want to say with great teachers that have continued now these 60 years. And then others have reviewed and dissected and, the mechanics and somewhat fiddled, faddled with them over and over again. But I want to say to you today, it's time. It is time for the car to drive down to divine healing, Amen. to miracles, all the way to rapture and faith by the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. We have polished the car. We have given it baths. We have examined the insides. We have went over the pit we, have, we went back and forth over the seals the thunders, and thunders of this to that and the other and all these great mysteries but it's time to drive the car Amen. hallelujah it's time to pull it down the gear and drive it to divine healing and drive it to your miracle and drive it to the lost come on somebody to
1: drive it down
0: to a rapture to the change of our bodies There have been revivals before, but this is the bride's revival. It's what caused the bride or the church to become the bride she was at Pentecost. Remember, the last mystery promised by the Bible is that of Revelation 10, where seven thunders utter their voices. And we now, by divine vindication, know what those seven thunders uttered. They are the revelations contained in the seven seals. But Brother Branham, as he was speaking of this, and I want to talk about these seven thunders, and, and we, which we know they reveal the mysteries contained in the seven seals. And, and I, want to, I want to just go over this for a minute. And if this is a little bit over your head, I'll catch up with you in a minute. And, and maybe make a little better explanation. But let me just jump to some points. So he says in the third seal, this is why we've had what's the, the, the revivals we're supposed to have. We've had denominational revivals, but we've hadn't got a real stirring. No, 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 don't, don't think we got revivals, we haven't. Oh, they got millions and millions and millions of church members, but not a revival nowhere. No, no. The bride hasn't had a revival yet. There's been no revival there no manifestation of God to stir the bride yet. We're looking for it. It will take those seven unknown thunders back there to wake her up again. He will send it. He promised it. So now this is the bride's revival that we're in. This is a revival to produce a bride. The marriage of the lamb. It brings us into a bride age. An age where a woman reaches Maturity. Amen, that she can be married. You couldn't marry her back in Luther or Wesley. All of them, they're too young. Come on. Amen, you don't go and take an eight-year-old and marry her. She has to grow to maturity. And God waits until there's a time where he brings a mature word to bring a mature bride in order to bring the bride age. Amen, where people come of the age. This is a bride's revival, and it started with a word revival. As seven thunders uttered their voices, and it was teaching doctrine. It was more of the former rain. Look with me to Deuteronomy 32 and 1. And give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. So he said, my doctrines will fall as rain. Now, notice, notice what he says. Um, you know, the doctrine comes as rain. So when, when Luther got a rain of the Holy Spirit, it was a doctrine, the, world, the just shall live by faith. Amen. When Wesley got it, it was sanctification. There's a sanctified life. So, again, it was doctrine. Amen. When the Azusa Street Revival came, it was rain. And so when the rain would fall of the Holy Spirit, it taught them of gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Is somebody with me? Amen. Now, so then again, rain comes, and with rain comes doctrine. So before, before the power is placed, the doctrine has to fall. But it's part of the bride's revival. It's a revival to produce a bride. Others have produced denominations. Come on. So we, yes, and I, I'm fully aware, we're not to try to fulfill Israel's part. And what will happen under Moses and Elijah when they smite the earth with curses off his wheel and they close the heaven it don't rain, and don't reign in the days of prophecy where God will stand and fight for them as he did. And yeah, I know we have seen our last sign Amen, I mean, that will happen before, to the church before the rapture. Amen, I believe, and that sign showed us that Christ is here among us. Amen. Is that right? That's what it is, and we're still seeing that sign. Amen, Amen. and the rain, but he said, that, he said, I believe it, the rain is over. Just read the first three chapters of Revelation. You'll see what's promised the church. That's what's promised church right there in the church ages. So you see, Again, when the great tribulation comes and Moses and Elijah are doing their work and showing great manifestations of power, that won't be for us. We'll be gone. Amen. That won't be for the Gentile bride. Amen. When that comes, the reign is over. Amen. For the Gentile, just read the verse three chapters and it has to happen in seven church ages because when the church age ends, the bride goes up. We are the seventh from Adam, the second Adam. Now, but this doesn't mean there's no more spirit to be poured out. Amen, but rather we have come to the last rain. This message and what God is doing in this last day is the last rain for the Gentiles. And we're still in the church Jesus and there's a rapture in the seventh age, and to have it, there has to be rapture in faith, which comes as the pouring out of God's spirit. Watch now. It comes by the pouring out of God's spirit. In the token message, I am looking for a time of a break forth of the spirit of God. I wonder how many message believers have went to sleep, and they're not looking for this. I am looking for a time of a break forth of the Spirit of the Living God in the last days, where we're now living in for another search. Somebody say another search, another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for a raptured faith just before it comes, and everything is right, setting right straight in order for that, and I believe we're now at the time that the Word should have preeminence. And had not we done that? We gave the Word preeminence. Amen, I believe it's time to lay aside our creeds and our thoughts and come back to the Word, and we've done it. And that's what I'm saying today. If you've left the Word, come back to it. Amen. Well, you said, but Brother Tim, we have biblical doctrinal truths restored and that gives us faith for the rapture and we now have faith that was once delivered to the saints and, and I'll go with you on that. I have to agree, the word has been restored. The mysteries are revealed. We now have the faith of the original doctrines that was once delivered to the saints. But that's only part of it. It takes two wings to fly. It takes spirit and truth. Was it ever meant to be just theology where we sit back and just bask in this wonderful truth? To be the word, it has to have manifestation. Amen. Paul said the gospel didn't come in word only, but in power. Amen, and God's provided place of worship, Brother Benham said, there's a gate of worship, worship in him in spirit and truth, mechanics and dynamics together. Amen. Now, remember he said that's what Satan tries to do. He tries to make it all mechanics and no dynamics or all dynamics and no mechanics because the devil knows you can't get off the ground with one wing going to take two wings to fly. And he said, if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken, make alive your mortal bodies because it's already life. And when it comes into your body, it brings your whole body subject to it. Subject to what? The word of God. Now, if, if it's in you. Now, if it's something in you telling you, well, that was the day's past. And Mark 16 is not true. And that Pentecostal idea of the baptism of the Holy Ghost That ain't the spirit of God in you. I don't care how well trained you are. That's not the spirit of God. Slice it and dice it any way you want to. If something's in you, you, say, well, that was for the days past. Altar calls a day past. Prayer lines a day pass. Healing a day pass. Miracles a day pass. Gifts of the Spirit a day past. The Holy Ghost experience a day past. And Mark 16 is not true. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. They will bind the serpent. It'll not harm them. No poison that the devil can give is going to destroy you. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. Amen. He said, if that Mark 16 is not true, and that Pentecostal idea of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that ain't the Spirit of God in you. I don't care how trained you, that's not the Spirit of God. So now, I want to ask you a question. If the open of the seals gave us all the rapture and faith that we needed, why is Brother Branham still looking for it if it's already come? So months after the seals are open, he says, we're looking for a rapture and faith that can pull the church together and give it the supernatural strength. Right. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. You see, and yet he says, You know, we've got our schools of theology and yet they're all right. And I want to just say, you know, we've been, without a doubt, we have turned the message and we've turned the message churches into schools of theology and correct schools with correct doctrines. And intellectually, they are believers, but they never met the light And Brother Branham says, we had to have faith, but God's wanting to bring us to a perfect faith. He tells us in perfect faith to raise faith in a bracket. You've never noticed it that way before. Not a faith, but a perfect faith. We're coming now to perfection because the people's got to come to this in order for the rapture. That's what's holding it away right now is waiting for the church to come into and faith. Again, in perfect faith, he says, well, what, as I, We're trying to get the church Into the place Where we can really see apostolic times Moving among us That's what we all hunger it, but, and, and it's just laying right at the door We see it But we want more of it And we want it to be such a flow That it help us and flow out to others Isn't that what we want even in Light Tabernacle? I don't want to see the Holy Ghost just move here I want to see it move around the world. Yes. Hallelujah. Where was that? We just heard of a, a, a man there were diagnosed with cancer, and, and, and they, they had seen it on the CT scan. and terrible. Where was that? Brother Wayne was telling about it. and they, you, know, and, and this, uh, this brother taken into the hospital by his daughter, and, and, and there, you know, cancer all over in, in his body in his pancreas. You know that's a death sentence. Amen, Amen. and after prayer, they go and do an MRI and can't find a trace of it. Hallelujah. I rejoice to hear that. It's not just here that God's moving. God's moving in his pride around the world. Anytime he can get somebody to believe, gotta move. You don't have to move here to evening like tabernacle to get it. Right. Amen. This is not the bride's revival. The bride's revival lays in the word of God we receive it. It is a power of God to salvation. Amen. But it creates, you gotta have an atmosphere to make it happen. Amen. It's got to be an atmosphere of faith and of believing. Amen. Now, I'm gonna just go. I want you to understand. Yes, we have, we have the seven thunders revealed, the mysteries given, but this is more than a theology. You see, the hearts of the children will be turned back to the Pentecostal fathers, and I quote, another Acts 2. That's right, another one. Well, you know, right now, I see your error, Brother Tim, you're trying to bring a repeat of Pentecost. No, I'm not. We don't repeat Pentecost. That came as a seed of grain to be planted. We are the seed to be taken in the garner or raptured. There's a difference between us. But what I am saying is that we must fulfill the great commission of Mark 16 and Mark 11:24. 24, and we to whom the seals have been opened are the only ones that can do it because we have the restored gospel. And if the book is truly open to you and you have taken it and digested it, then you will prophesy and then become in the final voice to the final age. And we have to contend. We have to fight for what we believe. Brother Branham did in his time. I quote from the Easter seal just months before God takes him home. This minister's taken taking a side against us. Oh, and he's quotes from somebody on the radio. The Pentecostal religion was nothing but just a sham and not to listen to it. It was unstable. Any man that spoke in tongues and these things and claimed to be healed the sick and so forth by prayer, so leave away from it and pray for those poor decrepit people because they were in an illusion. And they, there's something wrong with them. And he said, oh, how I'd like to talk to that brother just a little while. And he said that was only given for the apostles on the day of Pentecost, and that was all. And Jesus said that go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Watch him defend. How far? All the world. Who to every creature? They'd never reached it yet. Right before he leaves. We still haven't reached it yet. And these signs have followed them to believe. How long to all the world? To who? Every creature. These signs have followed them in all the world. Every creature. These signs have followed them. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues. If they take an up deadly thing or serpent or drink a deadly thing, it would not harm them. They lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That was his last commission to the church, Mark the 16th chapter. And Paul is ordaining these gifts into the church 30 years later. And Galatians 1.8 says, if an angel from heaven preaches you any other gospel than this which has already received, already been preached, let him be accursed. I believe Pentecost began without an ending. I believe it's to be with that to every creature, all times, all places, and that Pentecost should always remain. The Pentecostal blessings should be upon all the people. Hallelujah. Well, you say, well, but Brother Tim... Don't you realize the word that fell on the day of Pentecost won't work for today? Well, tell me which word. To receive power from on high, that word. To repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that word. The promise that you will receive the Holy Ghost is for you and your children and to them that are far off. Without that, you nor your children will go into rapture. It's an experience that you must receive and you don't grow into it. Or sort of involved into it without knowing it. Amen. So well, Mary did, no, Mary was getting pregnant. When she got the Holy Ghost, she drunk she, she was like a drunk woman coming out of the upper room, speaking in other tongues. It was an experience. Amen, So well, you know, it, it, it's an experience, so Brother Tim, and it doesn't have any emotion. Let me quote 1964, "I'm not much for dead things." So anything without emotion is dead. The scientific research will prove that, anything without emotion. So if your experience hasn't got a little emotion in it, you better bury it and get something that's got some emotion in it. Didn't you criticize us because some people react? If you got the Holy Ghost, you can't help but react. Hallelujah. Amen. It's got emotion. It ain't emotion, but it has it with it. It's not a sensation, but it has it with it. You can't get the Holy Ghost and not know it. That's contrary to the Bible. There's no experience in the Bible. No time the Holy Ghost ever fell in the book of Acts except there was an experience that accompanied it. Nobody got it and didn't know it. Knocked off of a horse right down on his face. Lights shone around. It calls the House of Cornelius to speak in other tongues and prophesy. It calls them in Acts 19 to speak in tongues and prophesy. There was always experiences in the Holy Ghost. When it came on the day of Pentecost, it's the first time, the Spirit of God gave them utterances into other languages. Come on, somebody. Amen. They were moved by the Holy Ghost. And when it came again in Acts 4, then the Spirit of God filled the house where they were sitting. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And the place was shaken. Oh, God, shake us. Shake this place. Shake our faith. Cause us to believe. Let there be a refilling of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Brother Branham tells us in the church age book that the church is a true church. It will have the same spirit and word and acts of power that they had at Pentecost. By experience, it will be a Pentecostal church. And there will be tongues and interpretations and prophecies and healing. And God will be in the midst of her. And God will declare himself in the midst of her. So what word, Brother Tim, what word is it that won't work to tarry in the seed of Jerusalem? Yeah, that won't work for today. We don't have to wait for it. It's already come. We don't have to wait. Come on, somebody. You don't have to tarry 40 days for it. You can receive it right now. Amen. But now, if you mean that the word promise for a Pentecostal experience won't work for today, that's a lie of the devil. The Pentecostal experience is like an abstract to the title deed. It crosses out all the debts of the past. I'm hurrying, I'm trying to get down to you, Amen. It'll quicken your mortal body. It'll give you a real experience with God. You won't. You won't have to guess and know. And you'll never be ashamed of your Pentecostal experience. Amen, because Brother Brandon said to be ashamed of speaking in tongues and your, in your Pentecostal experiences is to be ashamed of the word is to be ashamed of him. Pentecost is not a denomination. It is an experience. So we could go right down through and I have a lot more right here but I want to get down into it. We have received the mysteries and what was the mysteries of God for? It was to reveal the word of truth to us to form a bride, to give us an expectation for rapture in this last day. Now, Brother Bantam told us, and this was a 53 sermon, he said, and the Spirit can move through us, and now by these things, our teachers have cheated us from them. So certain men come in unaware to cheat the church, to take from it the promise of the end time of what God's going to do. And he, and he says, how are we going to have rapture in faith when we got a healing faith? When we don't have healing faith, hear me. Yeah. Let me quote it again. He said, how are we going to have rapture in faith when we haven't got healing faith? So before you can have rapture in faith, you're going to have to have healing faith. There's got to be atmospheres produced where all things are possible. Where prayer lines are welcomed. Where the Holy Ghost has freedom to move. Hallelujah, where believers can move upon another believer and a little sister lay her hands upon a woman with a baby there and obey the the commission of God and pray for that sick one and it be healed. Come on, somebody. Amen, it's gotta be worked in the church. He said, if we can't have faith for healing, how are we gonna have faith? Have rapture in faith. Hmm, we've got to have faith for the little things first before the great things. Oh, I want rapture in faith. Well, start believing for healing faith. Because when you see the dead start rising among us and cancer's falling off of people and the cripples walk, come on, it'll re- elevate your faith. And Brother Brown said it'll rise faith to bring it to a rapture in faith. You should not expect less from God. You should expect more from God. I'm going sk- to skip a bunch of quotes on this and to bring it down because now I'm going to bring I want you to understand. But let me not miss this one. When he comes to the seven thunders, the revealing of those mysteries. Because this is a thought today. We got the word, 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 the word. We got the word, Brother Tim, that's the open book, and we have the word. I believe in the open book. That's why I believe in gifts of the Spirit. It's in the book. When the book is open, it shows healing, deliverance, salvation. Everything lays in the book. It's in our land. And the book isn't open to you unless you believe that you still got part of it walled off by some devil of unbelief. So in, when Brother Branham is going to preach, Sergius is, is, serves is just the time, and he's talking about meeting with seven angels who would reveal to him the seven seals and the seven thunders, which is the voice of God. When God says something, he doesn't want it known, but it's for a later time. He seals it up with thunders It's the voice of God, but we don't know what it said. And it is speaking out, but we don't know what it is. I've explained it this way. Let me do it for the audience today. We see right here, and it's written on the wall. A hand comes down and writes an unknown tongue. Many, many tekels you farsened. Everybody's guessing. The magicians, the theologians, the trained men, are all coming out, it means this, and it means that, it means this, it means that, and everybody's guessing. And nobody's got an answer right. until the prophet is called. Amen. And Daniel comes on the scene, and he said, here's what it means. It means many, many, take all your farce, means you are weighed in the balance and found wanting. Now, God had said something, but it, but it couldn't be revealed until a prophet came. And God said something in Revelation 10 where there was seven mysterious thunders that uttered their voice and we knew it was the voice of God, but we didn't know what it said until the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he should begin to sound the mystery of God, this mystery would be finished. And now by divine vindication, we have now the, the perfect interpretation of the word of God. Now understand this. So what we once just knew in part, we know in full. But he's approaching this, and he talks about these angels coming. And he says to the angel of the church of Laodicea. But then he comes to Revelation 10, 7, and he speaks of this mighty angel coming down in Revelation 10, 1. Put that on the scripture. And this mighty angel comes down from heaven because all the mystery, the mystery is all finished. When, when the angel said, time will be no more. What time? Time for this to be held, the mystery will be no more. And so he comes right here and, and seven thunders utter their voices. And they, it comes as it always does. The word comes to a prophet. And he says, so knowing this, he, in advance, he says, what if it's something to let us know how to enter into rapture in faith? Is it when we run, leap over the walls? Is there something fixing to happen? These old marred, vile bodies are going to be changed. Can I leave to see it, O oh Lord? Is it that close? Is this a generation? Sirs, my brethren, what time is it? Where are we at? See, he expected it to be more than theology. But a rapture in faith, where we run, when we leap over the walls, something happening that, that these old marred, vile bodies are going to be changed. So he says in warning then judgment, he said, oh, not many a number, What a powerful group that's got eternal life. They shall run through a troop and leap over a wall. Yes, the troop of death will have no holders to it. She'll run through it, leap over the wall between the natural and the supernatural and go into the arms of God into that great eternity. Hallelujah. Will it be something more than theology? Will it be more than just the knowledge of truth that we receive or will it be something where we will actually change dimensions that will leap over the wall between the natural and the supernatural and run through the troop of death leaping over these walls and entering into glory? Will it be that? Oh, Brother Branham, if you look up what he said, over and over again when he had his expectations of the thunders where he says, we want to be able when that mysterious thunder thunders out yonder and the church is taken up, we want to be ready to receive it, Lord. I'm asking you, now I'm bringing it down to a close, and I'm asking you, will it crescendo? Will the climax of the revelation of the thunders That opened the book, be like he said here when the power of this church rises, it'll bring his brethren. And the power of that church rises, it will bring his brethren. And when the power of that church will bring the other brethren, then there'll be a general resurrection. He's asking a question when the power of this church, you, the power in this church rises, will it raise up his brethren? Will it raise up the last one that just went down, Brother Ross? Will it raise up Karen Pruitt? Will it raise up Jerry Shaw? Will it raise up Jerome Butts? Will it bring his brethren? Come on. And when the power of that church, when they rise, will they bring their brethren? And when this age all rises, will it bring up this, the Philadelphia age? And will that age bring up the next one? And will the next one call the next one? Will that be the crescendo? Will that be the way it'll be? The crescendo more than the Holy Ghost, more of the Holy Ghost. I meant the same Holy Ghost, I'm quoting, that saved the Lutherans, that sanctified the Methodists, that baptized the Pentecostals. So don't make fun of it. It's now setting in order the coming of the Lord Jesus when it'll be so powerful. Somebody say, so powerful. That body will come into this group of church that will draw the rest of them from the grave and there will be a resurrection. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. Hallelujah. It's not just for it to give you an overcoming life. It's also to put a power in you that will be so powerful that it will draw the rest of them from the grave. Hallelujah. What a powerful church that will be. She'll run through the troop of death at leap of the wall between the natural and the supernatural. They without us cannot be made perfect. The church in this day that's received the token of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is upon the church and without us they cannot raise. What What about it? Will we give voice to the resurrection? He said we're Interest into a ministry. He calls it his third pull. Say to this mountain. You've heard what's been taking place at this ministry we're entering into. We're way up the road now, soon to come into the Lord Jesus. We've got to have rapture and faith in a church that can be changed in a moment or twinkling of an eye or we'll not go. But I love this but don't worry, it'll be there. It'll be there and when the power of this church rises, see what I'm preaching? When this power of this church rises, huh, it'll bring its brethren and the power of that church rises will bring its brethren and the power of that church will bring the other brethren, then there'll be the general resurrection. Oh, he's trying to bring his church into a fire beyond Lutheran, Methodist, Pentecostal, into a place of adoption, rapture and grace. When this part of the church, when the Spirit moves in this church here, it'll just raise. And it'll bring forth this all that's been touched by the Spirit of God. And Elijah and the meal offered, he says, he says there if we come through restorations of the gifts and, and, uh, and now we're really in the minority of the coming of the Son of God. They believe by faith and here they shouted under sanctification. They spoke in tongues as a gift. But now the negative and the positive, the cap is coming on the pyramid. It's the end time. When the church, Christ and his church is so much alike, it's going to call the dead yes. from the Methodist Lutheran and all back there and there'll be a Resurrection. Amen, them that fell asleep in the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th watch will arise again, will rise one of these days to meet Jesus in the sky. Israel in the church, before the churches can go into rapture, it's got to have rapture and faith. We can't even have faith for divine healing, let alone rapture and faith. We've got to have a faith that will change or quicken this body and be taken away. I believe there's a church on this road tonight, a power of the living God that men will speak the word here and there and it'll flash like lightning. A church is coming out, not a psychologist, not some of this put on, a make-believe, but a real, genuine, anointed, anointed of the Holy Ghost, a church called out. Here I am. I preach this gospel now for nearly... 53, well, for 53 years. I started as a 15-year-old boy preacher. Say, Brother Tim, you preach the coming of the Lord all them years. Yes, I have. See, one part God did not reveal to us of his coming was when he would come. If I knew he would come and pass not 2023, I might have given up a long time ago. I might have got tired and quit, but I was under expectation. This would be the year. This could be the day. Right now it could be the hour. So, hey, you priest sitting, it's been a false. No, I've laid young people right here in front of this altar. Here and at the old church. Our old people, they died in Christ. Somebody with me? He came for them. Like I said, he came from my wife about five o'clock in the morning within 20 hours of that, a woman who hadn't moved a muscle I'm pretty sure she was totally crippled from the brain bleeds until she couldn't move her arms because I couldn't get her to respond, but just to move a finger, about like that. And then two weeks, she didn't move at all. Not a muscle, not a twitch. You know, you know, you sat with her. You helped me out during that time. It was a difficult time of my life. But about five o'clock in the morning, they called me from the hospital, Mr. Pruitt. We gotta tell you what's happened. I said, what's happened? Said your wife. We had just been in the room 15 minutes before. And now we found her on the floor. I said, is she hurt? No. Is she awake? No. Is she talking? No. I said, what's happening? We don't know. We can't explain it. Was the rails up? Yes. How did she get out? don't know. But a woman laying there now for two weeks, hadn't moved a muscle where she couldn't even move her arm. Her legs wouldn't move. I know. And here, somehow or another, she gets to the end of the bed and stands up and reaches towards something. Goes to the floor. And a few hours later, that round would come for her. The angel of the Lord had had already spoken. Appeared with a document in his hands. He said, "I've come to take her home. It's going to be for you too. The time tarries. It'll be for you that way. But I want you to listen." He said, "Lord Jesus, this is my poor heart." jumps for joy. As I see possibilities. Sister Phyllis, you ought to be able to see this possibility. Brother Jerry, this possibility of me, middle-aged man, yet the possibilities of me seeing you come in this generation to be alive and stand here and see when that trumpet sounds he that's filthy, be filthy still. He that's righteous, is righteous still. He that's holy, is holy still, oh Lord God. And to think of us standing in a moment, a twinkle of eye, when the world won't know what's going on, but all of a sudden, you'll see appear before you, your loved ones that's going on, has come to unite you with you again. And we'll be changed in a moment, in a twinkle of eye, and be caught up together to meet our Lord in the air. Amen. And then unite. Together. Is there a possibility, Brother John Lay? Is there a possibility you could be among the live and remain? Brother Darrell, you're turning 60 this year. Is there a possibility you would hear my first sermon preached? Is there a, a possibility you'll be here watching me preach my last sermon and the dead in Christ come forth? This is not fiction. This is a prophecy of the last day. It's not a funeral scripture. Come on. It might have been a funeral scripture in the past, but it's not a funeral scripture now. It is materializing. Hallelujah. The sound is going forth, the message of God. And the voice is now in the bride. The next thing is the trumpet. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Listen, Brother Branham, question and answer 64. The ones that are living will still remain. The resurrection will set in of those that are asleep. There'll be awakening time and those that are sleeping in the dust. Now, not those that are sleeping in sin because they'll sleep right on. They don't wake for another 1,000 years. But those that are sleeping in the dust will be awakened first and these corruptible bodies will put on incorruption in the rapture and grace of the Lord. And then we'll all get together. Oh, hallelujah. And when they begin to get together, then when we which are alive and remain shall be changed. And these mortal bodies will not see death. But all of a sudden, did you hear that? All of a sudden, there'll be a sweep go over us. Hallelujah, sweep with the Holy Ghost, go over us and you'll be changed and you'll be turned back like Abraham was from an old man to a young man, to an old woman to a young woman. What is this sudden change? After a while, you are traveling like a thought and you'll see those who have already been resurrection. Oh, what an hour. What an hour. This requires more sincerity than what we've ever had before. Amen. I'm gonna go through some snippets now right quick. Let the musician come because I hadn't got time to get all of this today, and I'm not going to make another attempt. But listen. As we look at this, and I bring this down to a close. Maybe you just want to stand. <laughs> I'm not through preaching. Don't give up on me yet. I've got a few more things to say. I want you to get this. This is really important, so stay put. And now I believe she's ready to strike that final climax. Yonder, that'll bring forth a faith that will rapture the church into the glory, and she's laying in the messages and we're really at the end time. Say, so is there still room? Oh, yes, there is. He says, God is going to send another shaking across the country. For there's somebody still out there somewhere that's a predestinated seed that the light will fall on somewhere. So God's going to send another shaking. And he's going, oh, my, it might be like this, brother. Amen. That, that came to me the other day in the office. Amen. he came come to me in the office and said, Brother Tim, I've known of this since a kid, but I gave up that it was on for me. I thought it would be a catastrophe for something that would bring me back. But just as I walked in my room, the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, Son, it's time to come home. There's another shaking that's going to go forth. Oh, if we could only realize that the Holy Ghost is upon us, creating in us a faith, trying to present himself in so many ways and gifts to create a faith for a rapture church. Christ will be so real into their bodies till he can change it. I'm bringing snippets. We're looking for a rapture faith that will pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that will change these bodies that we're living in in the form of the holy ghost he's hearing his people moving out among his bride with a love affair pouring out into her himself i'm looking for a time of break forth of the spirit of god in these last days that we're now living in for another surge of the holy spirit into the church for a rapture and faith just before it comes To kind of raise faith in a bracket where you've never noticed it that way before. Not a faith but a perfect faith. We're coming now to a perfection because the people has to come to this in order for the rapture. That's what's holding it away right now is waiting for that church to come into perfect raptured faith. Oh, if we could only realize that the Holy Ghost is upon us, creating in us a faith, trying to present himself in so many ways and gifts to create a faith for the rapturing church, it should put us into action. And I believe... All of these were after the seals, this and before. I believe that the age has come now, the miraculous and the phenomena and the baptism of the Spirit and the power and signs and wonders, the great pouring out of God's Spirit in the last days and that'll be the thing that'll bring faith into the people, that'll take a rapture in faith, that'll take the church and the glory. Again, coming back now after the book's open, that's the reason I do believe When the bride is called and elected and said in the book of life, there comes such a sound from heaven that it takes such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into that bride that it takes her from the earth in a rapture and grace. God promised it. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Tim, I'm thirsty. I'm desiring. I need something more than what I got. There comes a sound from heaven that takes such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into the bride that'll take her from the earth in a rapturing grace. God's little flock that believes the word, its mechanics is ready to, it's ready for the dynamics to set it afire with the Holy Ghost. Fear my little flock, it's your Father's goodwill to give you the kingdom. The Holy Ghost will strike a little church that's come out of the world. I believe that the bride of Christ is called. I believe she's sealed in the kingdom of God. I believe the mechanics is there. They're waiting for the dynamics that will take her off the earth into glory in the rapture. I believe it with all my heart. Yes, sir, we don't know how he's going to do it, but he will do it. The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Spirit that we worked in a small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. But when the head and body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost would raise her up exactly. Even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years ago will rise in the beauty of His holiness and take a flight to the skies. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God's little flock that believes the word its mechanics is ready, too. It's ready for the dynamics to set it afire with the Holy Ghost. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. The Holy Ghost will strike a little church that's coming out of the world. Women that wears long hair, Nazarite, to prove they're separated themselves. The church is ready. She's sealed in, ready to come. There will be a big outpouring of the Spirit, yes, sir, to grab that church and take her into the skies. Exactly we got to have enough faith to be changed in a moment and be swept up out of this earth. They will run to a troop and leap over the wall. Yes, the troop of death will have no holders to it. She'll run right to it, leap over the wall between natural and supernatural and go into the arms of God into that great eternity. We're living in the astronaut age, going into the heavenlies. People can't understand it. When you talk about a shock coming, just wait till that church starts moving up. When that great eagle, called the church of God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, spreads forth their wings, and the power of the Holy Ghost begins to lift her off the earth, it's going to be a wonderful time. Jesus Christ is our great astronaut, great glorious astronaut tube that we will be in, that will be propelled by the Holy Ghost and power, and fire, when she begins to fly out one of these days, one of these mornings, the Holy Ghost fire hit the earth like that, and when they do, the church will be lifted up. And even to the church that's imperfect now, we'll be, it will be perfected in love and power of Christ until death itself won't have any power over the church anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. May there come a revival of the just, and a great power come among the church. But just before it's going, it's not hard to pray for that because you promised it. And we're looking, Lord, for that third pull that we know will do great things in our midst. And as we go and leave this building and we go to our different places and our homes and meet outside and meet the world, let's not go as we have in former times. Let's go in the power of his resurrection. Let's go in the name of Jesus Christ with a banner lifted high and faith in his word to handle a two-edged sword with shield and the full armor of God to meet the enemy because he's getting stronger and more powerful every day. And as the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God raises up a standard against him. And we have come to the end of these things and the mysteries have been completed with us. We're looking for more strength, a rapturing strength, to meet a worse force that will rapture the church and take it in the glory. We must have it. Amen. Let's meet with a challenge like we're the servants of the living God, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of old. We will not bow to the devils and, and take back this thing that, is, that we've talked about, but we will press the battle. Amen. How many is ready to contend for the faith? How many is ready to draw your sword with me? Amen. Amen. How many is ready to advance? How many is ready for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost? How many would say, Me, Lord, don't pass me by? Let it be me, Lord. Let me humble myself to the point the Holy Spirit can fill me again. Hallelujah. Unfailing words of promise. More. Then theology, the power of God unto deliverance. God bless you. Church, be under expectation. Is there a possibility? Is there a possibility? Is there a possibility some of you that have sat backslidden on the pew for so many years that you hardly can raise your hand to God Do you sit there with a critical spirit trying to catch my every word? Trying to to twist it. Could it be, is there a possibility the Holy Spirit could move upon you today and transform your life? Could it be that you've been stuck there in your old movies and your old dreams and you've never taken action on the vision of God? You've never really moved into the Spirit. You continue on church entity, a pew warmer. That's just where you are in your walk and your experience. But today you realize there's a possibility. I can advance, I can be a real Christian, I can be sold out, I can put my heart behind the Word of God. Is there a possibility? Is there a possibility? Why don't you let the Holy Spirit move on you today? Say, Lord, I need a fresh drink of the fountain. You're going to do something here in this last day. I can see it. The mechanics is there. They're waiting for the dynamics. Yeah, they are. Every kind of demon power. But we got to meet the serpent and bind him. Maybe you're just a few steps ahead of him, but he's tracking on your heels. But there's got to be a power in the church that can bind that serpent. Maybe sin has held you bound for years and years, and you've walked in unbelief, and you've abandoned even the things that God spoke to your heart when you were just a child and you've wandered far away from God. He said, Brother Tim, I thought you'd never get through preaching today. I thought you'd never get to your subject. I thought you'd, I'm trying to get to you. If I can just get to you, there's a fresh up-to-date experience. So I accepted Christ as a child, yes, but isn't it time he sanctified your life? Isn't it time that he took the desires of the world so, while he's, you know, Brother Tim, I've been sanctified. I gave up this world and this sin and all of it, and whatever. Isn't it time to be filled with the Spirit? You've been filled with the Spirit. Isn't it time for new outpouring? Is there a possibility? Samson would reach back and feel of those locks. And Brother Brandon would ask the same question Is there a possibility? Is there a possibility that there's a new growth, a new crop, a people that would believe the word? He'd look over there and see the young sprouts coming up under the old dead pine trees that was just moaning and groaning in the wind. Days of miracles are passing and nothing's ever happening for me and all the poor me mentality. And a young group coming up underneath, moving in the spirit, shouting the glories of God. Wouldn't you like to be renewed? Say, Brother Tim, I, I've lost my strength. That don't mean you're not an eagle. That means you are an eagle and you need to renew your strength. Get rid of all of those old weathered feathers there. And you don't just have a, a molting time and get rid of shed all of that. That things of the past and these battles. And I'll tell you what, I don't have confidence here, and I don't believe this. And I, oh, get rid of it all. And renew your youth like an eagle. The Bible said you will run and not be weary. You will walk and you will walk and you'll not faint. You're going in a rapture. And you're going to mount up any time to try out those wings. You've been sitting on the branch a long time. You have never got off that branch you never saw it into the heavens where all things are possible. Is there a possibility that you can fly? While we have our heads bowed just for a moment, I'm just going to, I just want somebody to make a move toward God right now. I just want you to make a move toward God here's one maybe there's another here's another one I want it Lord I want I've got mechanics but I want more of the dynamics maybe maybe there's a sinner away from God right now you want to raise your hand and say I I want to come back to him today I I want to raise my hand to him and say God I need you I really do I've been on this old low branch long enough I've aided the world and the carrying of it long enough I want Jesus in my life Would you raise your hand to God right now? Spirit bids come. Amen. Amen. Pour your spirit out on me, Lord. Fall just like the rain. Come and quench my thirsty soul. Maybe there's, maybe there'll be another here that just want to make a move toward God right quick. Say, that's me, Lord. I've been in dry places long enough. It's time for a refreshing. Time for a refreshing. The Bible said there's a refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. It's promised in the Bible. There'll be a revival of the just, The revival of the righteous. is for you too. Maybe you want to get out of your seat. Maybe you want to join these around the altar. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you want to just make a move toward God. You make a move toward God, He'll make a move towards you. You come with a sincere heart, God moves for your spirit. Haven't you stayed in the same place too long? Haven't you? Isn't it time to make a move toward God? A new move? A deeper concentration isn't it come on you're praying now you're talking it over but come on get real isn't it time that you really become that dedicated consecrated Christian isn't it time that there's just a full surrender of your life make a full surrender the more I I surrender the more he takes control. Amen. You can say, I need you, Lord. I need you. You promised to pour it out of the Spirit. I want it. Yeah, you can receive it right in your seat. I'm not saying you can't. but Right where you are, You say, Brother, Brother Tim, I, I'm, I've been too long a Christian to admit this or to know that, but I, I, I've been way too long. I've been, you know, I've got the testimony among people. I, I wouldn't want anybody thinking that I'm not where I ought to be, but God knows. God knows. I want to just say it to you. Brother Branham said himself. He would cry at himself. He said, I've done got so dry and everything out on this desert. I need a moving of the spirit of my life. Maybe you can look at it and see. Listen, what it's going to take to bind the serpent is a more sincere life. Is that sincerity there? Is that real consecration there? Is there an agonizing with God? Do you come to the service expecting a pouring out of the Spirit? Do you come expecting God to move? Here's what Brother Branham said. I know each one of you if you feel like I do. I'm so hungry to see the Spirit of God moving. I just can't hardly stand it. Some experiences I've had up on that mountain, I just want to feel it once again. That's something when I was first saved was so glorious to my heart. And we can come into a place and we can sit and see it among us that we're trying. As we sit here in the desert, I get among my brethren and they talk with me and I talk with them in a little way of watching, feeling out in the spirit as it was just to see that the condition of that brother, to see what's wrong, I begin to feel us all reclining getting away from the Spirit. It's become too natural a thing. We must worship in Spirit or the Spirit of God. Not only our message should be the the flame of our heart, of the hour, it should be the flame in our hearts. See, it's got to be in our hearts or we can't rightly present it to His people. The Spirit has to pack the message. Listen to the words of God today. Amen. Follow His leading his guidance, making a prayer in your life. Amen. Pour your spirit out
1: on me, fall just like the rain, saturate my thirsty soul, come and fall afresh on me. They love oh come up just a little higher soaring through the heavenly my theophany oh i hear it calling me oh and just over the next hill come on now i can look come on now. oh i can I- see complete victory oh up around the next curve in the road that got to flee.
0: God's army.
1: She's marching. Oh, she's marching onward to slay that old enemy. Up around the next curve, I see King Jesus coming for me. And one day I'm called. I'm gonna take a step towards my theophany. One day I'm gonna take another step into my Theophany, and one day I know that final step always going to set me free. My Theophany, oh, I hear, oh, I hear it. it calling oh, me. Oh, and over the next year, on, well, I look, I see a series of victories, and just up around the next year right. in the road, that Oh, she's onward, marching onward, onward to slay that all of me around the next curve. I see King Jesus coming for oh, me. I see him coming for you. I see him calling, come up. Come up a little higher into the perfect word. Oh come up a little higher into Oh come up. Hallelujah. 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 Come up a little higher, a little more sincere. Take another step. Lay aside more weight. It's going home time. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you today. Come back Wednesday night, I believe in receive something from the Lord. Did you hear the word calling you to come up higher? Amen. 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 Challenging you to take him at his word, take another step towards him. Amen. That's my heart's cry to just take whatever I have to do, whatever it takes, whatever I have to let go of. I, I don't want to miss that rapture for nothing in this world. There's nothing here worth staying for. We know that. What a day that's going to be! Let's sing that chorus as we leave. What a day! Hallelujah! What a day Is that will be! Jesus, I shall see. I look upon His face; the waters save me. Oh, by His grace! It's all over now. What a day. What a day. Glorious day. That will be. Oh, what a day. What a day. i